1: ny or text hope ny in new york
2: it's the bwi daily edition normally on fridays during the season ryan snyder is here and normally on tuesdays what we do is we have a recruiting show but everyone was traveling on tuesday and ryan is indisposed so what we're going to do today is we're going to get some recruiting content for you because that also means the transfer portal now things are happening quickly and the man himself sean fitz is going to join us to break down what's going on on both sides of the recruiting front on the BWI Daily Edition. Here he is, Con Fitz. Welcome back. Uh, Excited to hear about everything that went on this week with, uh, with what you've been up to. We haven't spoken in a while, so happy new year.
3: Happy New Year to you as well. Uh chaos this week with travel and everything. That three hour div- difference doesn't seem like much, but it's uh yeah, it's something. So we got back, we got settled. Uh sorry I missed the live show last night. And uh hopefully we got this uh set up. This is my I think it's my first Friday, so I'm excited for that.
2: Yeah, this is the the happy hour special that never has any happy hour uh elements to it because i always forget to get a glass of something before we start recording uh but we you know we like to have fun here is a great way of saying something weird that uh means you're not actually having the fun you were planning on having <laughs> uh we got a lot of stuff to get to so let's get to some of that stuff the first thing though is like the video subscribe to blue White illustrated here on youtube and blue we got a new number for you it's 2999 from now until the start of next football season so you didn't get the end of the year beginning of the year special i that's a bummer, but you still are getting a great value because you're getting inside access information, stuff from fits that you can only get. Lines and message forum. uh, Great intel that I have to make sure that I filter out. We don't talk about it on the show unless he wants to talk about it because that's how that works. So that's going to, some of that stuff's going to filter here to the show, but not all of it. So check out bluewhiteillustrated.com. Uh, well, I do want to start with recruiting in 2023, though, because there's one last, it seems one last thread that needs to be uh, tied up before in the late signing period with Chimdi Ono, what do we have here? we got a top
3: four, which honestly wouldn't be that hard to decipher when you take a look at his visits. The former old dominion commit has, has essentially cut the monarchs. I'm sorry, Ricky. Um, But uh, he took a visit to Rutgers in December. Rutgers wanted him to sign in December. Um, And the reason why is because uh, other schools were starting to close in, got some other uh, visits offers, things like that, lined up, including Penn state. He'll be at Penn state next weekend for the, the official visit Michigan State and Ole Miss are the other two. Um, so not reading between too many lines here, but those four visits are his top four. So not big, not a big surprise. Um, you know, Penn State's got him coming in for an official visit, the first crack at him in January. Ideally, if you're Penn State, you'd love to get him to lock it down and not take those other visits. Obviously, location here is something that is very, very much in Penn State's favor. And, you know, the kid doesn't know a whole lot about the process. So what you're trying to do is, is really make... A huge first impression. He went to Rutgers. He went to Old Dominion. If you're Penn State, you believe you're on a different level than those schools and you're trying to sell him on being at that different level. So we'll see what happens with Chimney Ono. Um, When you're looking at 2023 prospects, there's not too many left on the board for Penn State. I know they offered a junior college wide receiver last weekend, but this is the guy. If you're looking at uh, filling out a big board, he is number one. He is the one, I think, um, because you're kind of trying to figure out what Penn State's doing at wide receiver. And that's on a couple levels, transfer portal, high school, junior college, whatever um, it is. And then you go from there. But Chimney Ono, still the name to know, still the the big name uh, out there because these guys are hard to find. He's listed at 6'6", 270, plays basketball, track and field guy, a multi-sport athlete, you don't find too many of these guys and we'll see what kind of football player he turns into in the next couple of years. But you don't find too many of these athletes just lingering, hanging around in January in the typical in the, in the new recruiting schedule.
2: What did you think of him? I know that there was a mad dash here at the end in 2023 with the early signing period, as it always is. Have they had a chance to kind of dig a little more into Ono and uh, just generally what are your thoughts of him as a, as a prospect?
3: He's, he's a project. I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, you look at the the competition that he plays, not not too many people come out of that area, um, but he's got a lot of the athleticism that you're looking for. Again, those track and field numbers are something that we've started to weigh heavier, not only in rankings, but also well, coaches are doing these evaluations. Basketball and track are two things that they love to see on tape, and he's a guy that can move around uh, and do that. Uh, like I said, listed six six two seventy. We'll see what he's at when he gets to campus. I don't like to, to to throw those numbers around unless I have the actual legitimate verified numbers. But uh, you know, he's he's somewhere around there. We've seen photos of him with people that we know how tall they are, and that's kind of the uh, the judgment that we've made on Chimney there. But if you I look at that. his tape, I mean, this is a guy that it can move at, at that mm-hmm. size. Um, like I said, th- there's not too many of these guys around in the general cycle. And then when you add on top of it, how few of these guys are around in the new year with uh, with the second signing day being in February, I think he fills a lot of those boxes that you can take a chance on. And this is a guy, you know, committed to Old Dominion originally, Didn't go out, didn't do the camp scene, didn't do a bunch of camps or anything like that. Didn't really understand the recruiting process as a whole. Um, But uh, you got to like that. You got to like how raw he is in every aspect. And and this is a guy that's probably a couple of years away from playing on a college field, no matter where he ends up. But given what Penn State's done in this little corner that they've started to turn in offensive line recruiting, you've got space to do that. And I know that with the portal, it's not exactly the ideal time to take in projects and and things like that. But if you're going to do it, do do with a guy that can that's big and can move like this.
2: Yeah, and offensive line too, right? So there are guys that come in and they're more physically ready, but every offensive lineman in some aspects is a project player because it's such a hard position. So if you do have a little more of a length and a leash, it might be at that position. There's all you, you
3: always- don't you don't I'm sorry to Trump tram- trample you here, but you don't need to be 6'6 300 when you come in. You right. can be 6'6 250 as long as the frame is there and you these coaches decide that you're something that they can work with with the strength program because they don't care. And and you can say that about a lot of, pro, a lot of positions. Tony Rojas and Kevion Keys are 190 pounds. They're not going to be close to that when they're in college, but that's fine. They're fine right there. Um, defensive tackles. You don't need somebody that's going to be 325 when he walks on the campus day one because if he walks on the campus at 325 pounds, chances good? are it's not a very good 325 pounds. So yeah. uh, we're so caught up in Recruiting guys that are ready, and Abdul Carter was ready. Denied Dennis Sutton was ready. Nick Singleton was ready. Uh, you know, it, it's great to find those guys, but most of your class is not going to be made up of guys that are close to what they're going to be in two or three years, and or even after a redshirt year. So, I'm looking at Chimney Ono as a guy that's going to be 310 pounds at some point, but he doesn't have to be right now. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be 290 pounds when he gets to campus. So. We'll see what happens. They continue to figure out if those are the type of guys that can handle this weight. Cause we've seen guys that that come in and can't, you know, and that's part of the process when you're playing with a 60% hit rate um, in, in college recruiting, this is the kind of thing that you get. And again, beggars can't be choosers in January when, when, you know, he's going into Ole Miss, Michigan state, Penn state, you better be ready to take him because he's a, he's a guy that provides a lot of the upside that you're looking for.
2: We're wrapping up 23 and it's not that 24 is around the corner figuratively. Literally next week, it starts 2024 junior days. Um, And we have a lot of new people here on the BWI Daily Edition since we did this last year. So I just want to go through and get people primed for what junior days are and the impact of them. Something we did last year, and I think it was pretty helpful. So for, for new fans, Fitz, can you explain what junior days are and how they work in the recruiting cycle? It's
3: like a seminar, really. Um, you, you hear junior days and you think maybe guys are coming in to, to test and camp and do all this stuff. No, it's just a it's just an informational se- session for these guys that come in and they meet coaches or they continue relationships that they have with coaches. They meet uh, the strength staff, the academic staff, all the things that Penn State wants to put out there in terms in, in front of the in front of those players and their families in terms of what you can expect being a Penn State player eventually, that's what they're doing. So they're going through meetings, they're doing film stuff, they're getting together and doing little activities and things like that. I I think it's been a cool um evolution of the the recruiting cycle because it used to be that these were you know different uh, single days and things like that but penn state likes to bring these guys in as big groups that way you know you saw it last year Javon williams alex birchmeyer anthony donka and C- cooper cousins all guys that came in for junior days sat in that offensive line room with phil trout got a taste of what it's like to be a player um And then kind of went from there. And I think cousins actually committed um, and Duncan coming out of those things. They committed uh, based largely on the junior day. So very important on the calendar. Very um, informal. um, I guess it's a chance for coaches to size up players. It's a chance for players and families to size up coaches. So it works both ways. So just an interesting, um, dot in the recruiting calendar schedule, because that's pretty much what you can do right now. You can't bring these guys into workout. You can't do Mm -hmm. anything like that. Junior days gives it a sort of combine feel, you know, the words junior day tries to make it a combine feel, but it's not like that at all. So that's what you're working with on a junior day. And it's an opportunity to, to, for both sides to, uh, to sort of, uh, feel out the other one.
2: I I like how you described it as a seminar. It's a little more official, you know. I know there's official visits. This isn't the beginning of the recruitment, right? So they've had a, had a relationship with these staffs, and they're making the decisions of which junior days to go to. But it is there is a official-ish feel to it. There's more of that. You're in the room. You're with the group of players, and I, I like the way you describe that. Um, two quick questions out of that that are very interesting. We talk about momentum coming out of the Rose Bowl. We talk about it in this very broad perspective of the players on the staff, uh, the players in the staff maybe being energized for winter workouts and, and renewed goals and success and all that stuff. But from a tactical perspective or a day-to-day perspective, this to me seems like an area where momentum could be a real thing and not an intangible thing. Would that change the level of player that's interested in Penn State football coming to the junior day? Maybe he's between two places and he chooses Penn State in that situation. Is that is that a fair place to kind of place momentum, or is that overestimating how much that one victory meant?
3: It's probably overestimating it a little bit, because at this point in the cycle, you you, you said in your intro, we're getting into 2024. 2024 starts next week. That's not exactly true, because that 2024 started September 1st, when you could start sending these guys things, having correspondence with them, sending them messages and things like that. This is the next level of filtration for the staff. This is getting the guys in that they want. You know, I pulled up a a list that I had from last year and there's a bunch of familiar names on there. Dunko was on there. Samson Okunlola was there. Evan Link was there. Derek LeBlanc, John Walker, uh, Tamir Robinson, Quentin Martin came up as a sophomore. You know, there's a lot of these guys that are household names by later in the cycle, but maybe you don't realize it when you think about how, um, how January went at that time, so I think that that's what I'm I'm really looking at um, is this is a chance where you it, it, you know it used to be when you can invite players to games everybody would come whatever now it's it's gotten a little bit tighter. It used to be you can invite guys to junior days and it would just be you know going in and and looking at them and sizing them up and everything like that. Now it's become because of the recruiting calendar has moved ahead so far. Now it's become this is your chance ahead of official visits to make that impression because February is dead period. You can't visit anywhere in February. So this is your shot to get these guys to campus. And it's, and it's a chance to, I mean, you're, you're competing with Ohio state, competing with Notre Dame, competing with Michigan to get these guys on campus for these weekends. And it's become, you know, sort of the new official visit window type thing where you're, where you're trying to make it work. And and we'll see that again, in the spring, excuse me, and we'll see that again in uh, June. So I think that's the interesting part is it used to be guys that came to these things were just guys and just junior days and just getting into the recruitment. Now, these are guys that are further along that are, that are for lack of a better term, household names in the mm-hmm. Penn state recruiting cycle. So we'll see what the, uh, the, the next week brings in terms of bringing guys here, but it's our, it, you know, last year and the, the list that I pulled up is over half of the list is, is offered players. So that's uh, that's a big stride. And, and these things have become more and more important over the last couple of years.
2: Uh, and the new digs, probably don't hurt either the the updated renovations to lash building and the weight room and all that stuff when you're talking about competing with everybody to get guys and get interested in first impressions of all that stuff probably doesn't hurt so Absolutely. the last question then is any early names and we'll di- we'll dig into some of this as they go through here on the bwi daily edition but any early names that pique your interest uh knowing that the list is still kind of coming together
3: Yes. List is still coming together. Um, Ryan's been handling most of this because I've been focused on the transfer portal. Um, But uh, Blake Frazier, Texas offensive lineman's coming up. Uh, His dad played at Michigan. But uh, to get a guy from out of out of the area to come in for for a junior day is good because these are all unofficials. These are all being paid for by the player, you know, to, to travel on their own dime. So that's good um mantras walker is a 2025 kid he's tweeted about coming up a couple of times keelan adams um is a guy that penn, uh, penn state loves a uh, wide receiver from virginia ryan wrote about him today so these lists are still coming together like i said i it would be disingenuous to me to to go out and, and drop ryan's list but uh there's a lot of talent that are set to come up and and a lot of guys that are still figuring out which weekends are going to be for which school? Um, it, there, there's just a lot to, to go on in the next week. That dead period is not open until next weekend. So, um, excuse me. So, we'll see a little bit more of that as it comes along as these junior days get closer.
2: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>
2: <laughs> so it's been pretty busy. So what's been going on in the portal? Uh, we can start from the surprise commitment of Monday, or we can work backwards from the latest stuff. Where would you like to start when it comes to the news we've had of the transfer portal and Penn state's activities?
3: Uh- Let's go with the latest stuff. We'll get to Devin Carter's commitment here in a little bit, um, because he is coming in for a visit this weekend for an official visit. So uh, I think it kind of circles back around, but uh, the, the the window was opened up in uh, from January fourth to January eighth for potential mid year transfers to come in and visit, where you know regular prospect, high school prospects and things like that could not come in. So this is a window, and it's. <laughs> I don't know that it was completely thought out, but this is a short, short time period Super for guys short. to come in. So if you came in, so if you played in a bowl game, say you played for, um, you know, your team in a bowl game and you decided to go into the portal on, uh, you know, the new year's Eve or something like that. This is basically your only window to go out and visit these schools. So, um, man it's tough especially for and on the flip side of that if you worked a bowl game if you coached a bowl game on say january 2nd then all of a sudden you have to get back to campus and 2 days later you've got uh, transfers coming in so a lot of turnaround on both sides it's not the easiest thing in the world penn state started the window by hosting storm duck who committed to uh who committed to penn state what feels like forever ago but it was just yeah. like, i think a week and a half ago um, for the cornerback from North Carolina. And then Romello Brinson, the, uh, Miami receiver went and played two years at Miami was not overly productive, but obviously played for Manny Diaz at Miami as a head coach, um, knows Jay Sider has known Jay Sider, basically his entire, um, you know, his entire life. Um, you've got Taylor Stubblefield who coached uh, him at Miami as well, or a coach at Miami, recruited him at Miami as well. So there's, a lot of connections there. Um, I still think Penn State would prefer somebody that has a little bit more production. Brinson's a talented kid, um, but at the same time, it's very tough for you to upset the room that you have already for a guy that has, I think, 18, 17, or 18 career catches. So I think that that's very interesting, but they're still trying at um, at wide receiver. Jamari Thrash is a guy that popped up this week um, as, a, as a as a name that they would like to get on campus this weekend. Things are moving so fast. We got three visits confirmed um, for the weekend. And by the time this thing airs, maybe we'll have a fourth. Maybe we'll have a fifth. Maybe we'll have a sixth. I don't know. It's tough to say because that's how fast these things are moving in this little window that uh, everyone is trying to cram everything into. Um, What we do know is that they're going to host Davon Sears, the defensive tackle from Texas State, originally from Michigan, uh, from the Detroit area. Know some guys on the team. Uh, Oklahoma and Tennessee got visits this week. Penn State's going to get a visit this weekend. Defensive tackle is still a, t- a, a, a tough position to fill because there are so few of those guys in the portal. I know you you said to me before we came on the air that you looked in the portal, and there's not much there. Um, Branson Dean from Purdue is a guy that they love. Doesn't look like they're going to get him on campus. Um, there's a couple other guys that they would love to get on campus. It just hasn't worked that well. It's, it's really like high school recruiting. Those big yeah. guys are at a premium. Those big guys that can move are at a premium. Sears 62290 would be interested to see where he would fit in the hierarchy of that room where it is moving forward because, um, you know, it could be all over the place. He played 12 games for Texas State last year, apparently wowed some people with his athleticism, but at the same time wasn't like a bona fide stud or anything like that. So that's kind of where you're at with uh, with de- with defensive tackle. So with things moving as fast as they are in the portal, um, that's kind of where things sit going into the weekend. Of course, I uh, got Brinson on campus, got Storm Duck on campus. Riley Thompson, the punter, is going to come up for a visit. Uh, Sears is going to come up for a visit. And then the guy that we circled back around to, Devin Carter, the wide receiver from NC State, I'm going to take a breath and you can talk about Devin Carter here for a minute.
2: Yeah. uh, Did a film study on him yesterday. We talked about him a little bit earlier in the week on the BWI daily edition. Uh, But since, since we talked about him, got a chance to look at his film, having seen his career a little bit earlier, uh, physically developed a little more, a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit slower than I expected on film. Because what I remember, he's a big play threat or was a big play threat for NC state. And, uh, he still brought that this past season, but with uh, Devin Leary getting injured, having to go through three different quarterbacks, that was fun watching them rotate quarterbacks by series and trying to evaluate the receiver. Um, didn't he was supposed to be the guy this year. Emeka Emezi was the guy uh, for two years before him at that exposition. He came, he was supposed to take that role and I thought he developed into that role. But the biggest question for me from watching what he was is kind of a, a singular explosive down the field threat with good physical size can make some catches underneath, but wasn't a route runner. I, you wouldn't call him a guy that runs routes over the short and intermediate part of the field and, and excels. And that's like the core of his game. He's not a Jahan Dotson type improved there, but has yet to be the guy. And I know that Penn state has some talent on the roster. Um, they don't have a lead receiver right now. Keandre Lambert Smith has made his statement early that he's going to be the lead guy. Um, and then Devin Carter is six foot three, 215 um, can be a big bodied physical player with good deep speed. So I think it fits a couple of important needs that they had Um, because we talked about, there's a lot of guys that could go to the slot. They need some boundary players that can play on the perimeter of the formation. He can absolutely do that. And as a superior length, really long arms, good catch radius, you know, for a guy that can throw it deep and has the, the prettiest deep ball we've seen in a long time with drew Aller. That's a huge get. So um, the next question for me, back to you, is does that – Caden Prather's off the board. So similar type of player. He's off the board to Maryland. Penn State gets Devin Carter. Where does that leave them with some of the other guys, uh, like Dante Thornton in this situation? Um, If he is on the table, is he still on the table knowing they've got Carter and two guys with a similar skill set?
3: I, th- I mean, I think they would take him. I don't know that he's specifically on the table because he has not shown the interest and in visited or anything like that. So right. I think that that's really what you're looking at. when you're recruiting the portal, you've got to make these snap decisions because guys, you know, they can say that they're, you know interested. they can they can say a lot of things. but if they don't visit and they don't, you know, show you that reciprocal interest that you feel is genuine, you got to move on pretty fast. And I think that's what Penn state's done with some guys. Um, you know, Dante Cephas will be very interesting to watch. Um, maybe not in the immediate future, but it will be very interesting to watch to see where that goes. But going back to Carter, um, they're looking for outside guys. They're looking for guys that are a little bit different than what Caden Saunders and maybe Amari Evans and Keandre Lambert Smith. And we've talked about him in the slot as well. Um, they bring something a little bit different, a little bit more size. You've got Malik Mega, but, uh, you know, he hasn't taken that next step as far as a receiver goes. So I think that that's kind of what you're looking for is a big guy that can, can be on the outside, can make those contested catches and things like that. And I'll be honest with you, like – evaluating the NC State offense in the, you know, trying to evaluate uh, Devin Carter in the NC State offense was so difficult because they were just hapless without Devin Leary. Um, So you wonder, you know, does, is this a situation where his like little intricacies can pop up on tape and things like that? And, And it really wasn't. So that, so you still have questions about Carter, about whether he can be <clears throat> Excuse me. He can be a bona fide number one. Is he number yep. three? You know what is he? So I think that that's the biggest thing when I look at Devin Carter is is I don't know what level he's going to be. I think he can be a starter for Penn State. Yep. Does he provide you all that much more than than say Trey Wallace on the outside? So that that's yep. the question that I have. But he is an X. Um, he, he gives you something a little bit different, a little bit bigger um, on the outside, and we'll see how that goes. I I don't think I know I know when he was offered. Some people were like, "Is he a a glorified tight end?" Now I think he's a bigger better athlete than that um so yeah. it gives you something a little bit on the outside he's got to catch the ball and uh you know I think f- from what you're looking at for the uh for the transfer portal without too many options I don't think he's that much worse than Dante Thornton or you know I'm, I'm not saying he is worse but I'm not yeah. saying he's all that different than Dante Thornton or Caden Prather as you said although Prather does have a little bit more experience in the slot
2: yeah uh those three guys in my mind just watching them all on film Prather to me was uh, I think the the most polished of the three in terms of having more upside, and that's really Devin Carter's a 2018 prospect, so he is kind of what he is. We've seen enough of him to know what his skill set is. Everyone's banking on the upside of Dante Thornton, but I see similar issues, concentration at times, and maybe fights the ball in the air. and And Devin Carter has some of those things, but I think provides more of what we've seen of him in terms of route running and what Penn State might be looking for, which is. A ready-made player that they don't have to teach a lot of stuff that they can come in and play and play at a starting level. So I think it's a really good first piece here. Um, some of the other parts that we're looking for, uh, I think, in the portal, we mentioned uh, defensive tackle, um, another receiver, still part of that is linebacker on the table. And I, I and I know this kind of out a left field, but running back, linebacker, two other needs that I think some fans who have watched the Penn state defense this year might not be satisfied with some of the linebacker play in the middle. Uh, what's the other uh, broader scope of a receiver. We we've really focused on a couple of positions. Are there other positions that might crop up if the right player arrives?
3: I mean, you said it in the last thing, if the right player arrives, and that's going to be very tough at, at running back. You're wondering what Kevon Lee's situation is. You know, we for, for all the ink that we dedicated to him for coming back for the Rose Bowl, we didn't play in the game. So that's right. kind of, you know, like what are we and thinking been... here in terms of moving? I mean, you feel great about one and two, but like it's kind of like that with linebacker too. Like what are you going to tell a kid that, that wants to transfer here that you've got three, essentially four starters coming back at linebacker? You know, yeah. you you've got very big questions about that. And on the surface, that's going to be used against you. It's going to be used against you at running back. You got to find a basically a guy like a John Lovett that's not coming in to you know set the world on fire as a starter, and you got to ask somebody to be content as a third running back. That's really hard to do. Like, yeah. you, you, it, whether it's high school, junior college, or portal, that's really hard to convince somebody that they're not as good, you know, as as the guys you already have on campus. And oh, by the way, come come join us and do this thing. <laughs> Feel the same way about quarterback. Um,
2: does role – Sorry to interrupt. Does roll a running back because you can carve out a specific that Devin Ford had his own individual role before he left the team. And, um, you know, just throwing a name out there that I've liked watching film, Jalen Knighton, some ties to Miami, uh, is a very good receiver and watching a lot of ACC ball this week. If you could convince a guy, Hey, your role, you have a specific role in this offense. You're going to be receiving back. You're going to do a bunch of the things. We have a very creative offensive flow. Is that an avenue to get a player or is that, is that too easy to see through?
3: I mean, you can drive down that avenue. I'm not sure if you're going to find what you're looking for, Um, but uh, that's the way to go about it. Just basically, Hey, we've got these guys. These guys are studs. Uh, We've got guys coming in that are freshmen. They're not ready um, for whatever reason, and you're going to have to figure out your role. You're going to have to be that guy. You almost have to find a guy that's always wanted to play at Penn state or always wanted to play in the big 10 or something like that. And, you know, your expectations are checked in kind because th- that guy is probably either starting at his other school or having a pr- uh, a pretty good career there or is just ready to, to get out of it. So, I mean, it's, it's really tough to, to make that sell uh, running back and quarterback are probably in that, in that mix linebackers a little different because like I said, you can't, promise a starting job and like you're not bringing in a guy that's going to be your sixth linebacker your seventh linebacker something like that and that's there's a there's a balance in there that you just can't really make work sometimes and and we've seen that um in different uh in in different positions over the last couple of years so defensive tackle I mean you look at what Penn State has coming back at defensive tackle from a numbers standpoint they're fine but at the same time you're losing PJ for you'd like to replace him with a one technique that can take up space in there and your pool is very limited there. Um, So I think that that's what you're looking for in terms of fit. Uh, There there are ways to sell it. There are ways to try it. I'll say that there are ways to try to sell it. But these kids have been bouncing around. I mean, these kids—you saw our interview with Alex Falcons. These kids are a lot more mature the second time around, and they're yeah. they're a lot more thoughtful the second time around in what they're trying to or in what they're being sold. So I think that that's that's something you have to keep in mind when you're talking ta- talking about portal recruiting. It's so tough because there's not there there's there's right ways to go about it. There's um, right ways that can land you the guy, but that's not necessarily what you're selling, and that's not necessarily how you can sell it to these kids because they're smarter yeah. than
2: that. And you were you were on this earlier in the week. Fatorma Malba also entering the transfer portal. So you've got Mustafer and Mulba from the same position leaving. And that really is, you know, you talk about the rarest of the rares, that one technique that can that can bring in and bring you value. Um It is good, though, on the other
3: I'll talk about MOBA for for a second. Like, this is a kid that you take a chance on because at at that point he was, what, 6'2", 270, and just strong as hell. Like, one of the strongest guys on the team, but eventually you're going to have to play football. You know, you you can put him in a phone uh, phone booth and try and make him hold up guys in the middle, but that was tough. I mean, that was tough for him. And, you know, going back to our conversation a little bit earlier about Chimney Ono, these guys don't have forever to put it together. And, you know, you're just wondering if that makes it work. But at the same time, these guys are athletic, strong. They they provide these intangibles that not everybody provides. So you have to take a chance on him. Mulba, you know, great for him to be a grad transfer to go somewhere and play and we're going to see what he's going to find his level at some point you know it's like um, Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Davis went to Stony Brook found his level Cole Brevard went to Purdue I don't know that he played all that much you know it's about finding your level the second time through and sometimes it just doesn't work out like we mentioned that hit rate a couple times in the last week uh, or the last couple of podcasts and that's where you find yourself in this portal era and you're talking about on one end, bringing a guy into the front of your room at defensive tackle to, to be a starter, to be a depth too a two deep guy. Yeah. And you're also talking about filing, finding yourself out of the back of that room with Mulba, with Brevard, with Joseph Darkwa, you know, it, it, it just, it filters it all out. And it's it, a little callous saying it like that, but this is, this is big time football. And this is what we found ourselves in, in the portal era.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out for, for, for Tom Mulba in football, he might have a future mr universe because that dude looks good he in the weight so room strong. he is so <laughs> strong um that the good news is Penn State does not have a laundry list of things that they're going to go after or need in the portal they are pretty specific though so we'll leave it there for today um and luckily we're recording pretty close to the show so a- as much as the information is going to change uh hopefully by the time you're watching this here on youtube it's not changed dramatically one thing coming up this weekend that uh, you may not have been aware of, because we're still kind of deconstructing everything from the end of the season, is it's the All Star game for high schools. So we have a couple of players that have either played or been at bowl games, and then there's one coming up this weekend. So uh, let's talk about uh, the. Let's start. Let's let's start with what's already happened. Tell us about Elliot Washington.
3: Elliot Washington played in the Under Armour game. I'd be lying if I told you I watched the Under Armour game. It has become... I didn't know uh, what happened. it happened. Not that it was overly entertaining to begin with, but it has become even more watered down. Uh, it just The rosters for that game uh, are, are put together well in advance because of the way that the Under Armour does their camp series and stuff like that. And I think it's really watered down the talent level in the game. And on top of that... Next week, a lot of these guys are going to go to school. I mean, we, you look back a couple of years, Theo Johnson popped his shoulder in Under Armour practice and then was essentially out of the spring. You know, that mm-hmm. the, the, was really not a ton of upside in going to this trip and, and playing as hard as you, you as hard as some of the guys that used to play. So I, it, that's disappointing. I didn't watch Washington. I didn't watch the Under Armour game. Javon Williams has been down at uh, the old army bowl, the, yep. the NBC uh, all American bowl seems to be doing very well. Um, the things that we see on, on tape for him and the things that we've seen um, in track and things like that have showed up down there. Um, so I'm excited to see him play, even though, you're not going to take away a ton from those games um, yeah. if, from an evaluation standpoint, at least.
2: Le- I, I learned that lesson last year uh, with, with Drew Shelton. And by the way, this kind of is going to come full circle <laughs> with, 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 Shelton and recruiting in the offensive line and Phil Troutwine. I remember watching uh he was in uh, one of the bowls that's in Florida, Miami Allen. Armor game. Yeah, with Ktran uh, yeah. Allen
3: and Caden Saunders who got hurt in that game. I was down there for well, of course the the Outback Bowl was there last year, so spent a couple days up in Orlando. So,
2: yeah, rainy game uh and I watched a lot of not very impressive pass sets from Drew Shelton, and knowing that was his evaluation in high school was not a surprise. Seeing him against players of his level though, it was okay. This guy's going to need a lot of time because he hasn't been exposed to it and he needs to learn how to do this. Fast forward to November and he was pretty damn good at pass protection by that point. So uh, Phil Troutwine can do a lot of great things, it seems. And Javen Williams, some of the reports I've been reading from On3, which if you want to check out On3, the national coverage, they have been down there. Charles Power does a great job. Our staff has been providing updates. Uh, one of the things I keep reading, though, Javen Williams in one-on-one situations, losing to some good defensive ends don't panic because you know, taking things from these things, take it from me who watched the, the the game last year, Drew Shelton has a lot of time to improve. And if he puts his mind to it and Javon Williams seems like he's going to do that as well. Who knows what the next, eight months can hold so that that's my uh that's my cautionary tale to people if you watch the game this weekend
3: if you watch these things through the week and this is not a slight on anyone's coverage or anything like that but defensive ends always stock up after these games because they don't they don't have to play defensive end they have to play rush end and basically run around uh the offensive tackle so that that is one position and i learned that uh, unfortunately, coming on the Shane, Sam- Shane Simmons bandwagon because he was phenomenal at the Under Armour game, uh, the Under Armour week of practice leading up to uh, that game that he played in that year, and it just you know it's 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 slanted towards some of these positions where you don't have to play the full position in order to look like a star, and that's um, you know that's something I think we've learned over the last couple of years. But if you watch it, you know the the defensive ends are great, linebackers you can't take away. Anything Anything. from this game Uh, tight ends is is kind of the same way. Sometimes quarterbacks, even you're, you're being asked to throw it, you know, Drew Aller was there last year and you're being asked to be thrown in with guys that you don't necessarily team up with uh, on a weekly basis. So these all-star games are fun. There are stuff, there, there is value in, in this, in, in sending a guy from Berks County to San Antonio to play against the best competition in the country. We've seen Deny Dennis Sutton do, you know, things like that where, where you can take Let's a talk lot of one guy from... that was
2: great in his in his game.
3: Exactly. Yeah. You, you've you got there is value in going up against the best of the best. It's just a matter of, of filtering out and trying to figure out what uh, what you can actually take away from this.
2: Uh, as I like to do at the end of every podcast, uh, anything I didn't ask you and anything we didn't talk about that you want to mention before we get out of here? Calvin Lowry
3: is back, um, wrote that story on Friday. Um, this is something we've been watching for a couple of weeks on BWI. Um, he was the wide receivers coach at Tulsa. Of course, if you're watching this, you probably know who Calvin Lowry is, was a safety for Penn State from 2000 to, or 2002 to 2005, uh, played with Alan Zemitis, played with Dan Connor. He's back with those guys um, now. So that's uh, pretty cool. But he was the wide receivers coach at Tulsa. Penn State's bringing him in as an offensive analyst. A lot of experience there, a lot of likability there just from reaching out to people that have been around him. So I think it's a, a good addition. They had the opening because Charlie Fry took the offensive coordinator coordinator role at Florida Atlantic, which is good for him. That's a promotion. You should take that every time if you're an analyst. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're going to bring him in, and I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. We saw some guys that they brought in as analysts. Frank Leonard, uh, is, his name has been mentioned probably more than any analyst that I've come across um, at Penn State in the last couple of years they can have that positive influence, not only on the room of players, but also the coaches that they are working with. So I'm excited to see what Calvin Lowry brings to the table. Excited to see him uh, reunited with AZ there. Um, and we'll see if uh, if he has a role in in development, recruiting, and all that kind of stuff.
2: And I'm excited to see what uh, we're going to talk about next week on the BWI Daily Edition. This has been an awesome week of shows. I've thoroughly enjoyed this, Fitz. Thanks for being on this week. Yeah, this and was,
3: uh, my first appearance this week, so thanks for that.
2: <laughs> this is this has been no. This is we we recapped it. So we we missed Tuesday, but we had a full week of shows. And by the way, there's a bonus show coming up tomorrow. We're putting the hoop show on Saturday to get you ready for the Palestra game coming up on Sunday. So that's going to be on YouTube tomorrow. Check that out. Make sure you hit subscribe on Blue White Illustrated, the YouTube channel, and hit notifications. That's the best way to know when a show is going live or when it's it's live to air on YouTube. And, of course, when we do our live shows, which are always at 8 p.m., Make sure you're there with us to talk and ask questions and be a part of the show. Uh, that'll do it this week, though. So thanks to everybody who came on the show. We're looking forward to a new year of exciting and uh, awesome content. You are not going to find more information, more entertainment, more insight than here on the BWI Daily Edition. Like the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, I'm sorry. One last thing, and I got to bring this up more during the show. We're going to be doing the mailbag this year. So if you want to get a mailbag question on the air, make sure you leave us a five-star review with your question on Apple Podcasts. We'll get it from there, and we'll get it on the show, and we'll start doing the mailbag this offseason now that we got some extra time to decompress and uh, answer some of those thoughtful, intuitive questions. That's all coming up this offseason on the BWI Daily Edition, and now I'm for sure done. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Madness is here.